hello once again to the Online Gaming Podcast. This is show number 28, uh, coming to you uh, somewhere in the first week of September, September 5th, 6th, somewhere around there, whenever I can get this uh, out to you. It's almost like my podcast has become a monthly podcast as opposed to uh, two times a month or every other week, uh, mainly because the uh, play-by-web world the online gaming is, uh, while it's still progressing forward, it doesn't seem to, it seems to take a little break in the summer, which makes a lot of sense. There's more time to do indoor things during the winter than in the summer. A lot of uh, yard work and everything, but we've hit the Labor Day mark, so I'm hoping to be able to do more uh, more on my regular schedule as opposed to once a month, which it seems like I've been doing the past two months. So, let's get right to some news. Super Duper, uh, their month in review, I get a message from them that tells me what's new. New game Euclid. And... It's a capturing game. Uh, new game Palisade. New game Volcano, New game Penguin Soccer, um, and I think I talked about that before, Grim Reaper Form Subdivision Bite. Those came out early in the month of August, and I think they were in the last podcast. Okay, so that's super duper, a new two, three new games since last time. I've been playing uh, a number of super duper games, and I'm going to run them down in my reviews this uh, this podcast. So we'll get back to Super Duper. Uh, ACTS. Uh, the Shifting Sand cards have been uh, restored. So the custom module problem they were having before has been fixed. Well, hasn't been fixed, but the the results of the hacking have been repaired. <laughs> I guess is the best way to put that. Uh, a couple modification, one modification for boardspace.net, a dumber dumb bot for tracks. Not really news on the online board gaming front, but uh, for a while the best way to play Titan was using the uh, Colossus project uh, from SourceForge. But Valley Games is going to reprint Titan with new art. Uh, This is uh, great news. Valley Games has been reprinting a number of old games. Uh, I think they did... Uh, Dimocker recently. Uh, so it's uh, it's really nice to see that a number of old games are coming back out. Big City um, uh, being reprinted. Yeah, Dimocker, Hannibal, Rome versus Carthage. Uh, just to name a few that I recognize, but Titan definitely one that uh, a number of people are 
looking forward. And this is Valley Games is a company from Canada, publisher from Canada, but you can check their site out at valleygames.ca. But yeah, they've re-released Titan. New play-by-web game available uh, over at Ludaholic.com, Titan the Arena, which is a uh, a bidding card game. It's a writer needs a design. Spiel by Web has La Cita in testing. I don't know how long it's going to stay there, but uh, it'd be nice to see another game show up for, uh, over at Spiel by Web. The Vassal Engine, a uh, number of updates. European Golf and Tunisia modules have been updated. Uh, Blackbeard has been put up a Red Star Rising version 3.7 available uh, to be king an original RP I have a game that I've been developing for over 15 years uh, so somebody put that up uh, new module Air Assault on Crete new module Caesar at Alexandria new module Monmouth Empire of the Sun has been updated. New module Bug-Eyed Monsters. New module Highway to the Kremlin. The Napoleonic Wars is available. An update to Flying Colors. This is Victory Games Civil War. Uh, has Oh, I think someone's just posting that they're looking for an opponent. And a new module, Breakout Normandy, hole for the Vassal Engine. War Game Room has their normal uh, updates that they do almost monthly. Uh, Europe and Golf to 10.0 for the people to 3.8. Rome vs. Carthage to 3.5. Paths of Glory to 6.8. And Twilight Struggle to 3.2. Internet Wellington is up to 1.2, and that was updated uh, very recently. Yukata.de has St. Petersburg and Hey, That's My Fish. Uh, they they actually got Hey, That's My Fish shortly after your turn, my turn, got it. Uh, their interfaces are pretty similar, the graphics are different, and it's a toss-up which one uh, works better. So, you can play it at either place, or both, like I am. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's all the news. Like I said, it's been a really, really a dry spell for news, which is making it uh, almost a little depressing to do this podcast, because there's not, just not much going on. Uh, I go uh, try to play some new games. Uh, game Table Online isn't getting that many people. It's it's convention season. Everybody's actually playing with real people. So, uh, like I said, I I expect it to pick up once the once the summer is officially over, which most people say that was uh, in the United States Labor Day, which was September the third mainly because that signals the start of school for a lot of kids, so that's usually the end of summer. 
but until the weather actually changes and half of the country is covered in snow, or it's too cold for the grass to grow, uh, I don't really expect to see a huge burst of development on a lot of the play-by-websites, so... It's entirely possible there will be a podcast in two weeks. It's also possible there might not be a podcast until uh, October. I, I'm, I'm just not sure. It's really dependent on how much news shows up, how much uh, playtime I get on something new to report to you. I, I don't like doing a podcast for ten minutes saying, well, here's the news. You know, Gold Token has a new newsletter. Um, uh, it just that I don't think that helps you out, and it doesn't really uh, help me in any way. I'm not. I don't believe I'm contributing. If all I'm doing is saying, uh, giving you a, a bit of news, you know, five minutes of news, I could submit the segment to to the Dice Tower at that rate. Okay. Well. I guess we'll take a break. We'll come back. I played all of the um, B and C games that were available on Super Duper Games, the ones that had uh, standing offers that I could get a game in, and I'd like to tell you about how that went. So I'll see you on the flip side. This show is part of the Gaming Podcast Network. Great podcasts exploring every aspect of gaming imaginable. Back in the midst of time, before D20, before Doom, before Settlers of Catan, there were other games. Role-playing games like Top Secret and Traveler, video games like Dark Castle and Mule, and board games like Titan, Cosmic Encounter, and Diplomacy. At the Vintage Gamer Podcast, we remember those times. In fact, we seek out great games from an earlier era. Each episode, we go back and take a fresh look at an older game that has stood the test of time to see what works, see what doesn't, and spend a little time reminiscing. So grab your bottle of 30-year-old scotch or a piece of fine Stilton and join us at The Vintage Gamer, available at www.thevintagegamer.net. Okay, we're going to talk about some super duper games today. Uh, I played the B and C games. Like I said, some, uh, super duper is one of those sites like uh, Brett Spielwelt and Vassal Engine that'll be in uh, multiple episodes. But before I get to the B and C games, I like to talk about Grim Reaper. I really wanted to play this game. It looked uh, very interesting. So I played a game of that, um, kind of jumping to the G's, but anyways, uh, the game is very interesting. You place male and female blocks uh, on the board, and they age, and the objective is, well, one of the objectives is to uh, span from edge to edge. Uh, it took me a while to figure out how to spawn new uh, pieces. Obviously, you need a male and female. That makes sense. Um, I ended up, uh, I think, placing some pieces just in the wrong spot. 
but it's a very interesting game. It move it, it, you can move your pieces, then there's birth, then there's aging, and your pieces can die if they get too old. I think five or six is the oldest they can get, and then they then they die. Um, so it, it happens, and it's uh. <laughs> It's it's a little bit difficult. I um Oh, the lifespan's countdown, sorry. You you determine how long the lifespan is of a new piece and you're allowed so much you have a life reserve and that's how much you're allowed to put on the board based on that and then they count down. Once they get to 0, they die and they're removed from the board. Um, all in all, uh, definitely a game I'd play a number more of more times. Relatively simple, um, in the super duper way. You've got the uh, you've either got the open box you can type in, or you've got you've got the view all moves, which will be the drop down box that'll show you what you can do. Uh, males are represented by triangles, females with circles. They have a number in the middle that's their lifespan. Uh, pretty basic. The board is a uh, six by six grid, so uh, I, I would suggest checking it out. It's a very, very interesting um, strategy game that, in, in most abstract games, not too many things to think about. In this one, uh, quite a few. So back with the the B theme, uh, the game of Bite. I played Bite. Um, and um, Byte is a gameplay with checkers on a checkerboard, and they stack up. You need to move them into stacks, and the object is to be the person who scored the tallest, uh, scored the most from different stacks. Um, it's a little bit complicated, and it takes a little while to figure out exactly how the best way to do this is um, because you need to move the checkers uh, towards your opponent. They have to go on, on to an opponent and the person who controls the bottom checker of a stack is the one who controls that stack. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to score the points for that stack because the points are determined by who has the most checkers in the stack. Um, and it's a little bit difficult trying to figure out how you can add checkers to a stack, especially one controlled by your opponent, and still win with that stack. I think maybe uh, creating more stacks is better than creating monster stacks, which is where I fell into a little bit of a trap in that game. Uh, the next game I played was Blam. Blam is uh, an ice house game, I'm, I believe. It has size 1, size 2, and size 3 pieces. It's played on an 8x8 eight eight board, so that's what that's a checkerboard, isn't it? Um, and when you place your pieces, if you place it adjacent to any other pieces, including diagonal, it pushes the other pieces uh, one space in each direction. Uh the strategy of this game that I found out early on is to place your pieces so that they're close to the edge and you can push them off yourself because if you push your own pieces off the side of the board you can then pick them up and they go back into your pool. 
this is a huge, uh, very huge strategy. My opponent used it to great effect. He was able to take uh, 12 extra turns where I didn't have any pieces to play. Um, when you knock your opponent's pieces off the board, you collect them as points. So it was very useful for him to just knock his own pieces off the board, occasionally knocking some of mine uh, away or around or whatever, but I didn't collect enough of my own pieces to um, to continue playing, whereas he just willy-nilly was able to uh, score tremendous amount of points, a tremendous number of points on me, by by doing that, so it was a, uh, a if you look at the archive of the game, it's just incredible how much he was able to do that. Um, and I mean, he even dropped some of his own pieces to himself at the end that allowed him even more moves. So the strategy is to recollect your own pieces and try to collect your opponent's pieces. Uh, something I didn't realize when I played it, but very interesting strategic game. Probably play that one again. That's Blam. Cascades. Cascades is an interesting game. Uh, it starts off with uh, uh, ten, ten columns at the top and it cascades down. It's a hex board. At the bottom of the board is, uh, is a row of 19 across. And the object is to play your pieces and you can play them in any way going down. You play uh, first part player plays one and then everybody else plays two going down the this game um probably not uh that great your the object is when you finish when you get to the bottom uh anything that you can fill in is how many points you get so the points are divided uh everybody will score the total score for both sides will be 19 um, which means there's no way to tie the problem being uh, it's pretty easy to see how it's going to go there's no there's no great way to cut off your opponent if they get an advantage early they're going to win there's no way to come back from uh, making a bad move so uh, that game, not too much in the way of strategy. An interesting game, but more for, um, I guess I'd say more for kids. Um, because for someone, uh, for example, I played against an opponent. We went to the seventh turn, um, but we could have ended it on the fifth turn. Because we already knew who was going to win at that point. I just kept playing uh, just to get some more strategy out. And it's a simple matter of saying I'm going to play one at B14 and C13 and so on. So, An interesting game. Um, again, you've got your red-blue interface, your hex grid. Um, worth playing once for the... Uh, just, just to play the game. I always like to play games at least once. See how they play. Uh, the mechanics... There's probably something that uh, can be gained from playing the game, but not the most fun game, uh, Cascades. Crossway. Crossway is one of those games 
that's interesting. I played it against the the, the designer Mark Stirr, and I'm not sure the best strategy behind the game. Uh, the object is for black to connect the top to the bottom and white to connect the left to the right. It's a 19 by 19 board. Uh, his suggestion on strategy is um, blocking from a distance, build up a blockade at a distance, and spread out too much. Um, it's uh, He mentioned something similar to Hex, but not exactly. Um, a very... Uh, very difficult. I was I kept trying to uh, block him too close to where he was creating his line, and he was e- easily able to just skirt around me. So you have to build blocks uh, a good distance away, uh, or start building your line and have him blocking you or she, you know, your opponent. So. An interesting game. I might try it again just because uh, I lost so badly to see if I can pick up the strategy. Abstract, as anybody who listens to this podcast knows, is not uh, 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 um, the. I'm just not very good at abstract games. It takes me a long time to pick up on the strategy of them. Uh, And since most games use abstract. abstract methodologies I generally end up losing a lot of games (laughs) the next game was Castle Danger Um, Castle Danger is also available at your turn my turn Um, in your turn my turn you can actually click on the pieces and move them in Castle Danger you have to write out your moves and in some cases writing out your moves is probably better. I lasted longer in this game than I lasted in any game over at your turn my turn because I think at your turn my turn I uh, I would do things too quickly. Um, I still lost mainly because I wasn't able to uh, I, I don't know. I wasn't able to bring out enough cannon or something. He just was... Uh, my opponent seemed to be one step ahead of me. Though, as he said, I've played more than anyone else on Earth. So, um... <laughs> the game is uh, pretty simple. There's a couple pieces you can put in the game. And they're a wizard, a builder, um, and a cannon. And you have a king already on the board. The builder can put up walls. The purpose of walls is they block cannon fire. Cannons obviously shoot at your opponent. And wizards give you extra moves to do things. Uh, You definitely want to get wizards out as soon as possible. Um, You start with one at the beginning of the game. Start with one wizard and a king. Um, You probably want to build up some walls if you can. You definitely want to get out wizards as soon as you can, and maybe even some cannon to try to shoot your opponent. The biggest problem with the cannon is not to leave them sitting out there where they can get destroyed easily. Um, when you fire a cannon, whatever it destroys is 
uh, impassable for a turn, cannot be built upon, can, nothing can move into it. This is a this is a valid strategy that one can use to um, to block you in a lot of cases. So you have to watch out for that as well, especially if your opponent gets two cannons. Takes a little while to figure out uh, a lot of the strategy. I think I've played four games of it so far. Uh, and like I said, the last game I did okay in. It's actually colorful. The The pieces are it's just red and blue again, but you can see the little wizard and the little builder and the little king and the, and the grid, and there's a river running down the middle that you can't cross. And So it's it's not bad. It's, it's nice to uh, have some graphics. Uh, next game I played was Complica. Complica is a Connect Four-like game. It's played on a on a four by seven grid, and to make your move, you just pick the column you want to drop a piece into. The object is to try to get four pieces across up um, across up and down or diagonally. The trick with this game is when a row is, when a column is full, the next place piece placed just pushes the entire row down one. I ended up at the end of the game um, uh, my opponent was going to win no matter what. Uh, if I placed a piece anywhere, I wasn't able to block him and all he needed to do was put a piece in row A or column A and he was going to win so I actually ended the game by playing the piece myself and uh, finishing myself off but I, my opponent I believe knew that he was going to win and just was okay with me winning for him <laughs> uh, I had no way of winning the game so I took myself out. Um, it, it's another one of those red-blue piece games. And just drop the piece. Nothing too graphical about it. Okay. So the next game... was Branches, Twigs, and Thorns. Branches, Twigs, and Thorns is an interesting strategic game that you don't understand how bad you're going to do until the very end, which is what happened to me. Um, I got caught into a little trap. It's an ice house game, uh, and at the beginning of the game, there are some trees, roots, whatever you want to call them, put down depending on the number of players, as well as some voids. And what you want to do is to play your pieces so that you are connected, that your pieces are all pointing at your own pieces. If they're pointing at any opponent pieces, then you lose that many points to that person. Um, so the object is to try to set up your pieces so that there are open areas next to them. So it kind of forces your opponents to play against your pieces. And one of the players did a very good job 
the only space left on the board is pointing at was pointing at three blue uh, three blue pieces at rank three so any piece pointing at them would lose three points I had to play one there which means that uh, he's probably gonna lose uh, the last player can either point a piece at my one piece and lose one point and give me one point which I'll have negative two or he can just give blue a huge victory and point to the blue piece in which case blue would have six and what's interesting is that the blue player um, for a while was not doing that great but played the pieces in just the right spot um, that uh, messed us up again eight by eight board uh, up to four players which is a uh, nice change red blue green yellow like I said the ice house pieces laid on their side I don't know what you necessarily use for your route um, if you're playing this not online but I created a nice chain but eventually um, had to point to my opponent's pieces so kind of screwed myself pretty badly so yeah I guess it happens um, another game I'm playing is called copolymer copolymer is a, a game played on a board with 136 empty spaces uh, you pick a color your opponent picks a color any color in the circles the strategy of the game really comes in later in the game um, the start of the game is pretty slow because you can fill in one square or one circle if you fill in a circle that is next that that um, touches two of your opponents is adjacent to two of your opponents then you can play again well that doesn't happen very often in the beginning of the game because the board isn't that full and it's very easy to to make sure you place all of your pieces far enough away so your par so your opponent cannot do this so the next they cannot fill in circles uh, that touch two of yours so the game takes a while to get going um, I think we've been playing it for uh, a week and we're still filling in the circles I know once we get near the end it's gonna be frantic of uh, you know kind of a a cascading effect um, that, that somebody's just gonna run the table and demolish the opponent but we'll see how that goes so, so copolymer if you're willing to wait a long time for the game to get going um, a game probably better face to face than play by web but not too bad it's a hex it's a hex uh, shaped board but the the uh, spaces on the board are all circles. Uh, the next game I played was Chase. Um, I, I guess Chase was an old TSR game. And each one of your pieces, I think they're dice, are on the table and they have a number on them and they can move that many spaces. It, um, it was very confusing. Uh, there has something to do with balancing when you have dice in your hand to balance your line so that you can move the dice around 
part of the object is to get uh, is to get to the center and split your pieces and other things like that. I was really confused on the winning conditions. I read the rules. The rules are eight pages of very confusing stuff. Um, So I'm not um, not sure really the best way to go about playing the game. I would say play a couple games after you've read the rules. Um, some of the people who are playing know how to play it pretty well. You probably get beat a lot, but I think you'll eventually learn the strategy. Probably get better at it. Um, I'm probably going to play a rematch only because it's still confusing to me. Like I said, it's I know you can move the pieces and uh, it's the balancing of the pieces and and the middle space and what it does. Um, a very complicated game for Super Duper, and in, in my opinion, uh, most of their games are are seem simpler, but a nice change of pace. If you're looking for a more complicated game, um, I would suggest checking out Chase. Um, another game I was playing was Breakthrough. Unfortunately, my opponent's gone missing for a month. Um, it seemed to be uh, played on a checkerboard, and you move your pieces forward diagonally and try to push your opponent off the board. But, uh, like I said, I wasn't able to figure out much of the strategy as my opponent just disappeared. One of the games that just got started was called Castle. It's played on a 19 by 19 board. And there's a grid of lines that your pieces start on. And they can slide across that grid all the way across um, or up and down on the grid lines. Once they get off the grid lines, they can move one piece at a time. Um, they can attack their opponent, your opponent's pieces. And your object is to take over your opponent's castle. Um, another interesting game is called Cannon. Cannon is played on a 10 by 10 board, and you have pieces with, I believe, Chinese or Japanese characters on them. Um, and when they are in a line of three, they form a cannon. The cannon can shoot your opponent's pieces. If you are adjacent to an opponent's piece, you can attack it. Um, the object is to capture your opponent's king, put a piece next to your opponent. One of the things that I didn't realize when I was playing the game, the first game, uh, was that your pieces can only move forward, they can't move backwards. Just, just like checkers. Uh, which made it very difficult to build up strategies without running into my opponent's pieces and hence getting them captured. So, one of the things you have to watch uh, when facing off against an opponent is him either sneaking in or shooting a lot of your pieces up before you get a chance to do anything. A game I am still playing is called Cephalopod. Um, it's an interesting looking game. The object of the game is to uh, capture your opponent's dice. 
And the way you do this is by placing a die in between two of your opponent's dice. And then your dice goes down. And adds up the value of your opponent's dice. And you take them off the board when you add them together. Of course, your opponent can do the same thing. And what you're trying to do is to build up uh, to the point where uh, you, you can't be captured. For example, in our game, um, the board's a 5x5 five five grid. B4 would be between a, a 6 die and a 2 die. Well, nothing can be played there because you can't add 6 to 2 on a regular die. You, you can't have 8 on a 6-sided die. So that capture can't be made. So his 6 is safe right now. And that's Cephalopod. Quite an interesting game. Now let me see if there are any games I'm missing right now. I've gotten to the end of the different games. Like I said, that one's played with a with a bag of dice, so that's interesting. Okay, come on, super duper. Don't give me the problems you were giving me last week. As, as I noted at the beginning of this podcast, it's a little late because I couldn't connect with, um, with super duper last week, and then I was on vacation, so... Um, I believe Cephalopod is the last game that I was playing. So, that is the end of my reviews. Again, Super Duper is surprising me. Um, it probably shouldn't um, surprise me too much. Uh, the number of really good games... I'm sorry about that. The number of really good games that are showing up on there... Um, and they're constantly adding new ones. So, definitely go check out superduperGames.org. There are tons of games on there. There are always standing. There always seem to be standing challenges from people who want to play their games, whatever their games might be. In some cases, it might be the designer of the game playing against you. In which case, you can kind of expect to lose. But, you know, even if you lose, you, you, you learn something from playing the game. So that's my review of the B and C games from Super Duper Games. I'll probably go on with the E through G or whatever uh, at some future time. Next week, I'm not quite... Well, next week, whenever I do the next podcast, which I hope to have out um, next week or the week after... We'll have to see how it goes. Again, like I said, the the news kind of drives me. Whatever's happening in the industry, I'm hoping to see a lot of things now that con season is uh, waning down. There are still a couple cons going on uh, later in the year. There's always the the some that like to have the off season rather than the big uh, summer con season. But as winter comes and people are able to do more uh, more inside work on the computers. Uh, we should see some more online gaming going on. And uh, should be able to give you some more reviews. Uh, probably going to get a game table online review. I've played three of their games now. Hoping to play a few more, two or three more, to give you a 
more complete review on their their games. Probably won't be able to get all of them in. There's a couple that have uh, that have AI, so I can play them without uh, real opponents. It doesn't give you the full feel, but it, it'll do pretty pretty well to do it that way. So I'm gonna sign off for now. If you have any questions or comments, uh, kdivine at yahoo.com. The I'm I'm gonna be moving my my blog uh, shortly. It's gonna move over to uh, my other domain name, reversepolarity.com, which is where the the podcast feed comes from and all the podcasts. I'm gonna move it over to WordPress over there because Blogspot's been giving me a lot of trouble lately with updates and other things like that. I think the transition to Google just didn't do as well as I'd wanted. Um, and I was going to try to go over to something like Joe User, but I thought I'd just put up my own and go with that. So once I get that set up, I'll have to change the outro um, with the new address, which will probably be uh, ogp.reversepolarity.com. We hope you enjoyed today's online gaming podcast. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, please go to onlinegamingpodcast.blogspot.com or email kdivine at yahoo.com.